Hello, and welcome back to another off-season episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one half of your host and crew, Wes Hollison, coming to you from Sunnyvale, Texas. Joining me, as always, is Walker Lott, tuning in from College Station, Texas, the beautiful home of the fighting Texas Aggies. Walker, how's College Station? How's off-season prep? How's everything surrounding TXPS going? Oh, it's going great. You know, just, you know, we put out our... I can't tell them what we're recording, but we just put out our uh, Division Two episode a couple week, uh, a couple days ago. So excited about that! And uh, you know, just keep on going. You know, the weeks are starting to climb down to where it's getting closer and closer to football. Uh, you know, fall camp just started, so that's awesome. You know, all the people are getting back into pads, getting back into football. So it's getting to the greatest time of the year, man. We're all excited for it. Absolutely. We were talking before we started recording. We've got kind of our tentative list of games set that we want to go to for the first few weeks. And I mentioned that it just it made me really excited because no matter how much I do this or how far away I get from having actually played high school football, there's nothing to me like going and covering games. It's like my favorite thing I do all year. Just thinking about doing it just like just gets me really, really excited. So that all being said, we are as excited as y'all are to start the new season and show out. We are just equally as excited to cover games again and get back into the swing of things. So it'll be here before we know it. The end of August is coming up fast. We're already in August right now. So let's, uh, let's make the most of it and have a, have an absolute time this upcoming season. But that being said, um, if you haven't already guessed by the title of this episode, this will be our Division Three and Division Four preview. This is the this is the third out of four previews we're doing. We will do this, and then we will do our SBC preview next week. We will have Jack Klosek and Alex Suede helping us out with that. I think I just said both of their names right, Walker, for the first time ever. Klosek, Lesuede. Yeah, I did. That's <laughs> that is one hundred percent the first time we've gotten both of those right in one fell swoop. But that being said, um, we'll have SBC done next week, and then after that, we're into we're into covering games. It's hard to believe that it's that close and time for that to happen, but we are there indeed. But as for today, like I mentioned, we are going to quickly go through our Division Three and Division Four preview. We will start obviously with Division Three, and what better way than to get straight into Division Three District One? So. Our preseason rankings for Division Three District 1 follow this. At number one, we have Trinity Christian School of Lubbock. At number two, we have Arlington Grace Prep. At number three, we have Colleyville Covenant. At number four, we have Lake Country Christian School. And at number five, we have Trinity Christian Willow Park. So, Walker, this is more or less what you would expect coming out of last year. Both TCS Lubbock and Grace Prep were deep playoff teams. And then everything else seems to fall pretty naturally after that. The only big, the only big drop we see is Lake Country going from second in the district all the way down to fourth in our preseason predictions. I think most people that follow um, private school could more or less guess what our reasoning is for that. But what do you think regarding Lake Country's drop down to fourth, as well as overall the preview for District One? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about Lake Country in it for a second. You know. <clears throat> The biggest, biggest kind of storyline of this district is both the daughter twins leaving Lake Country and going to Fort Worth All Saints. So, you know, probably the two best players on that team transfer out. And and how do they kind of uh, come to terms with that? You know, they still have uh, Keen Spangler there. Uh, they got uh, Gannon McC- McElroy, uh, the class of 2025 quarterback, maybe. Uh, for them coming back into this team. So they have a couple guys that I'm excited about, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard for them to replace the the talent of those two guys. And how do they do that? And how do they compete? And that's going to be a really tough question for them, but you know, I'm a big fan of Keaton Spangler. I think his film from last year was really, really good, but looking at this overall district, Willow park is kind of going downhill from the days of the Ryan Hollingsworth days back in the day. Uh, but uh, you know, who, who he started at Lake country and then he transferred over to TCA Willow park and his younger brother, uh, took over at Lake country quarterback. And now they're both kind of graduated and moved on. So what does Willow park do now? And, you know, it's, it's also hard for Willow park because we let's, let's talk about, I, we're going to talk about Willow park here for a second. Willow park has the struggle that they also have to deal with, uh, Wellerford Christian, 
because Weatherford Christian is Weatherford is right down the road. And so a lot of the talent that is kind of transferred into that area has now transferred into Weatherford Christian. And so Willow Park, and if there's like an Alito guy that Willow Park kind of wants, they usually go to All Saints or they go to Weatherford Christian or something like that. So they're kind of stuck in that middle area where, all right, what do we do type of thing? And it's kind of, you can kind of see the transition down, but you know, that area always has really good talents. So you never know with them, but Colleyville, this is a first, the first year under uh, Vernon Wells as a new head coach. Right. So that's going to be huge for them. Uh, you know, they, you know, lose Christian Wells and, and lose in which, you know, was the, probably the best player in private school the past couple of years. So they lose the Michigan man. And now what does this team look like next year? And so that's going to be interesting to watch, but uh, Grace Prep without Jalen Talton and replacing Jalen Talton is probably one of their best athletes to ever come through that school. Um, I mean, that's going to be hard for them to replace. So it's going to be interesting to see, but they do have Illinois State commit uh, Kane Lehu there, true D1 guy. Uh, and they also have a kid that uh, they have uh, Mathis, the younger brother, uh, and they're trying to figure out the quarterback position, but they have one other guy that uh, I forget his name. Keep talking, Wes, while I remember this guy's name, but. Uh, yeah, they have a couple guys, but TCS does definitely looks like the team to be in that district. Yeah, I'd have to agree. In making the the rankings for this, the thing that stuck out to me for TCS was they only lose eight guys. There's only 16% of their roster that turns over from 2022 to 2023. And yeah, <clears throat> good Lord, there's um there's big names that you lose, like Marcus Ramon, Edwards, etc. However, there's still a really core group of guys, starting with Eli Reeves at quarterback that you bring back for TCS Lubbock, and especially with guys like Riley White taking over as head coach for Kevin Spiller. I really believe in the program there at Lubbock, and I think they're going to be really good. I think they're going to make a deep playoff run, and they will ultimately go as far as DC lets them. So I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good, a good run for sure. But Joseph Irvin from uh, the 2026 guy, he's 5'11", 175 as a freshman or about to be a sophomore. So he looks like a really good player. And we saw him at the tap seven on seven. So uh, he looked impressive. So him, the Mathis, uh, Lehew, and also Bryce Print, the 2025 running back, is also going to be some weapons they have around the team. They also have uh, Nolan Johnson on the offensive line. So that's going to be a huge piece for them. But the question is, is how are you going to replace Jalen Tolton? And so that's going to be interesting to see. And without him, uh, it's going to be difficult. But uh, yeah, and you already talked about TCS. So yeah, certainly it's going to be interesting. I think just like last year, well, I say just like last year, Blake Country finished second in the district, but I think ultimately it's going to be a fight between TCS and Grace Prep or who gets first. And after that, you know, the the it's going to fall as it does. I don't think it's going to be super significant, at least on the overall playoff picture. I think this is a TCS and Grace Prep race and everything else falls more or less by the wayside. But that being said, that is our outlook on Division Three, District 1. And keep in mind, District three or division three and division four, the teams are um the teams are mixed in in districts. So districts will have a mixture of D three and D four teams in there. We're just splitting out. We're not, we're not looking at it at districts with D three and D four teams. We're just splitting the we're splitting the districts up, the divisions up by divisional teams. It's hard to explain. It's it's pretty <laughs> convoluted when you get into D three and D four. Just know that whenever we're talking about D three districts, there's only D three teams we're talking about. Whenever we're talking about D four districts, we're only talking about D four teams. That's surprisingly that's as simple as I can make it for you. If you want to go into taps bylaws and looks how it's set up, be my guest. But this is how it's going. Now moving into District Two, um, the rankings for Division Three, District Two. Surprise, surprise. Dallas Christian comes in at number one. At number two, we have Bullard Brookhill. At number three, we have Dallas Covenant, and at number four, we have McKinney Christian Academy. Um, I mean, Walker, there's there's really there's not a lot that needs to be said here. At least not in terms of number one. Um, Dallas Christian's coming in at first. As per usual, um, I think the closest district game that D.C. played last year was a 40-point win for them. I don't think anyone comes within 40 points of D.C. this year. But that being said, there's an interesting dynamic, at least between Brookhill and Covenant, in my opinion. It took some conversing between us to decide how those rankings fell. But, I mean, what do you think our rationale is behind putting Brookhill at that second spot? Because it's close regardless. 
yeah, I mean, Covenant uh, Brook Hill has always been a team that you have to kind of uh, worry about every year. Uh, maybe not in that district, according to DC, but in most games they play, they're they're a tough team to face. And you know, I real you know Jonah Jonah McCown is going to be the head of that guy who has varsity experience from last year and threw the ball really well at our TX uh, quarterback retreat. And so having him at the helm is going to be a very uh, valuable asset for them. Yeah, having Jonah McCown with the helm will be very valuable for them. And is it Xavier Kendricks, the other athlete they have over there? Is that the guy? I um, Last I heard, there was some – they're not 100% sure if he's re-enrolling. I think it looks like he is. But, yeah, if he's back, that's huge for them. He's a fantastic athlete. Also, they're bringing in linebacker Marcelo Martinez, a class of 25, from Monterey, Mexico. That's always the interesting dynamic with Brook Hill. Um, I know because I – I went to Brook Hill for a couple of years. I grew, I grew up right down the road from them. They have people forget they have that boarding school um, on their campus. So they get a lot of international um, recruits to come and play football for them. And a lot of them don't end up panning out super well, but some of them do. And some of them are really good. So I will be interested to see how Marcelo Martinez turns out for them. But yeah, Walker, Xavier Kendrick is a fantastic athlete. And I really hope to see him suit up for Brook Hill. Looking at Dallas Covenant, you know, they might battle for that second spot with Brook Hill, and that's going to be an interesting battle where uh, I'm not going to say his name because his last name is very hard to pronounce, but it's James Predidiscus, or it's you read the name and you'll close get enough. what Yeah, close enough. So he's gonna, he was a very valuable guy, made all district and maybe all state last year. Ben Golick, Dobson Biard uh, were all really good players for them last year. So they have guys that are going to be interesting to watch next year. Um, but um, it's just going to be interesting to see how that battle for second place in that district faces. Cause then, you know, how that goes is it goes in the playoffs, your seating. And so those spots really do matter. And it's going to be very, very valuable to see how they all face McKinney Christian. Uh, they have, you know, three quarterbacks or, you know, a couple of quarterbacks last year that were really good. Uh, but they still don't have a guy like Zeke long last year or the two years ago that really oh, helped that team a tremendous. So like McGraw as well from, I think set three years ago now, if I'm yeah, getting that old. Cause they have cash Etheridge, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Cash Etheridge. And so guys like that is they're it's still very valuable, but, um, it's just going to be interesting to see how they face in that district after, uh, not, not a great season last year, but Hey, they got a new logo for their, for their athletics. That's so nice. that's cool. Their only win last year was against Shelton and Shelton has now um, been relegated to, to independent. So I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where you find a win for McKinney on that schedule. It's sure as heck not going to be DC, probably yeah. not Brook Hill or covenant. So I don't know. I wish the best for McKinney, but it's uh, probably not their year unless the yeah. reincarnation of Blake McGraw comes back at quarterback, but yeah. you know, Hopefully, like a guys like Cash Etheridge. I found the other quarterback, Drew Denton, and uh, Nola we- Nolan or Noah Wheeler can help him out a little bit. So, hopefully, shout out some of those guys over there. But yeah, it doesn't look like they're it's going to be their year. Yeah, but we will see. I mean, especially with the just numerous transfers DC's bringing back in for no reason, might I add. Without any of those guys, they're going to destroy this district and win state. I don't know why we need. 18 more people starting but you know it's better to be safe than sorry dc is going to win every district game by at least 40 points um they're going to win every playoff game besides a state game by at least 35 and state's probably going to be at least a 30 point win as well but you know you can't ever say anything for certain until the game's played on the field so i guess we will wait and see uh how how bad dc runs away with this district but Moving on to the final, oh, the second to last. Do we? Uh, do, you, do, you wanna, three. do you want to? Do you want to talk about DC for a second? You know, sure, I feel like absolutely. I feel. I, I guess we should, right? Because give them some love. Um, you know, DC is playing that Louisiana school like week two. That's going to be an I interesting battle. So, uh, you know, they play that scheme team in Louisiana or somewhere near the Louisiana border. So that's going to be fun for them. Uh, give them really good competition. Uh, no, Tolar is the team they're playing from like North Fort Worth, I heard. And so that's a, that's going to be a tougher game, but two way, uh, two way state finalists uh, last year. Yeah. So, uh, they're going to be a good game. That's going to be a good one for them to kind of compete against some of the better teams in the Louisiana area. Uh, give them some good teams to compete. They also play Lynch and, you know, DC, uh, Bishop Dunn to start the year. So they have some good games, but 
it's going to be interesting to see. We'll talk about Cypress later of a guy, guy or two they brought. But, I mean, we can all assume that they should be in the state championship coming this Dece- or this December. But um, how that journey is going to get there is going to really define this team this year of how uh, kind of, of excellence they are this year. And, I mean, they are led by, of course, Purdue commits, Speedy Nettles, uh, now Air Force commit, uh, you know, Porter next. And, you know, shout out to Porter. But. You know, they don't have Cole Berker anywhere, and that's that's going to be a huge loss. But um, they lose Zach Hernandez. Luke Carney's at the helm. You still got, you know, you got Speedy. You have Porter. Um, those are going to be the guys kind of lead you into the promised land. And, you know, they bring Jaden Davis over from uh, 6A school, and that's going to be a huge weapon for their rushing attack. Uh, you know, the Crawl brothers to Tory. Uh, are going to play both sides of the ball probably, and they're going to dominate as well for coming over from Cedar Hill, Trinity Christian. Uh, what other, West? do you remember any others? The combination of of Carney, um, his threat to run paired with Davis, like on an option attack is nasty. And also Carney throwing the speedy nettles. Um, that's, his dual threat ability is going to be very, very important. And his efficiency is going to determine how good this DC offense is going to be. And I think it's going to be great. I mean, even even against their toughest matchups, in my opinion, against Tolar and Bishop Lynch, I think DC is going to be the favorites because they're not one dimensional uh, yeah. with Carney under center. They, they can they can run the ball whether it's with Davis or with Carney. Carney can throw it in nettles. They can they can spread it out. They can go compact like DC loves doing and just running it down your throat. I mean it's yep. it's a it's an offense that you can't pigeonhole into one thing. And I think that's going to be. Really good and, for them. I I don't think I don't think the game against Dunn is going to be um as close as it was last year. I think they're going to take Dunn behind the woodshed. Honestly, I think this is like a this is like a twenty eight point win at least for DC. But yeah, I just say that because somebody on our Q and A yesterday said DC is going undefeated, and I was trying to think of like a uh, kind of a you know smirk response to it as I like to be sarcastic sometimes. And I looked at the schedule and I was like. You know, I can see it happening. I was like, the toughest games are going to be Tolar and uh, and Bishop Lynch, and I have DC as favorites in both of those. So we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I saw that I heard that they're going to use more of a tight end this year with Jahaden Crawl going to be a tight end. So that's going to be interesting. Something we haven't seen from DC in a while. But him with his brother Katori on the other side, and you know they have. DeCorus Taylor, uh, first team All District from Garland, coming back and you know got or coming into this team, and you know. Uh, we saw in our whatever the IG story that there's going to be like seven new senior starters on this team this year. So, um, you know, transfers are the name of the game and DC has always played their, their cards right with it. And it looks like another great season with a lot of special talent over there. And uh, um, I think they're going to be more deep than they have been in a while with a lot of guys in a different area. So it's going to be. It's going to be like your first team is going to be deadly, especially in this division. But your second guys, if someone, you know, knock on wood, if someone gets hurt you have guys to step up and take their place that are going to be as good, you know? So it's going to be, it's going to be a really good year for DC, I think. And we, we have to give you your minutes because you love us and we love you. So here's your couple, couple of minutes about y'all. You know, as, as the saying goes, the, uh, the rich get richer. So that's, that's kind of my synopsis on division yeah. three district two, but moving into division three, district three, our rankings in terms of the Southern district go as follows at number one, we have San Antonio Holy Cross. At number two, we have Geneva School of Bernie. At number three, Shirts John Paul II. And at number four, Corpus Christi John Paul II. So can, can you tell me where Shirts John John Paul II is? What city? Shirts is right outside. Uh it, it's right outside Austin, is it not? San Antonio, but yes. San Antonio, that's what I meant. Anyways, continue your story. I just wanted to quiz you. That that's funny because the shirts, uh, the shirts, the JP two shirts basketball team is the team that almost assaulted me in the hotel, uh, about a year and a half ago after the state basketball game because of what Ryan Schroeder said on this podcast. I almost got jumped by by the entire <laughs> JP two shirts team. I I I'll have to. I'm going to retell that really quickly because the story's hilarious. I just walk in. Ryan makes these inflammatory comments, but there is no chance JP two wins this game unless it's the Plano JP two, and they went. They make a huge upset. They're tripping me on the sidelines. I get done. Fast forward like five hours. I'm exhausted. I've covered more games in a single day than I've ever done in my life. I'm just tired. I'm dragging myself back to the hotel to recuperate and get ready for another day. 
the sliding doors open and I look and it's the whole JP2 shirts team looking back at me. I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. But that was, that was a, just a very fun memory to look back on, but bringing it back to football. Um, this is Holy Cross's district to lose. I mean, with Gibby Alvarado and Holt and uh, Holy Cross, you know, retaining as many guys as they have, even though they lose guys, talented guys like Rudy Rodriguez, I still think they're poised to win this district. I think a team like um, Bernie Geneva, like Walker with Jason Rosenthal and Logan Fritcher is going to be very good. So what do you think about that dynamic with Holy Cross and Geneva School of Bernie? Because I think those are the two teams that are best poised to take this district. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Like, uh, if there's anyone like one to watch, it's going to be Geneva, and it's going to be an interesting one to see because Geneva has always had talent. You know, they've always had a couple guys here and there that really stand out in games, and they play a pretty tough schedule. I saw of um, playing some pretty tough teams that you know most teams don't play. Um, Like, I believe they started with Hyde Park for Week One. And that's mm-hmm. that's that's tough, man. That's really really tough. And so, guys like that, that's gonna be. I'm sorry, I'm trying to find it. Yeah, uh, nope, that is volleyball. Yeah, they play Hyde Park, they play Shiner, and then they you know go into district. But Geneva, I mean they they have a pretty tough schedule. And you know Rosenthal was a pretty good quarterback. He was invited to a retreat, and Logan Fritcher was our underclassman of the year last year, and he's a really really good player. And so having guys like that are going to be really big for the program and for them to succeed. And, you know, with a lot of talent leaving in San Antonio, you could watch this Geneva team might go and compete. Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, Logan Fritcher now left to go to Bernie High School. So never mind with him. Um, that's hilarious. You finding that out live in the middle of recording is is one of my favorite moments that we've had so far. <laughs> Uh, so never mind that this might be get cut out. We'll see. I might no, leave it because I might leave it in because it's funny, but you know, that's never mind. That's a huge loss for, uh, for G- Geneva school, Bernie. Um, I was literally, I was about to say it's probably a coin flip between Holy Cross and Geneva for one and two. And now it's a little bit less than a coin flip. I mean, he had last year, he had, I mean, we're not going to talk more about him because he left, but yeah, he, he, he had 10 tackles for loss, five sacks, first team all state. And he only did it in like a couple of games because he got hurt. So, I mean, that's a huge loss for Geneva. Uh, but, uh, you know, they still have Jacob Rosenthal, the couple weapons I saw at Texas tap seven on seven. So that's going to be good for them. But um, yeah, I think it's just, it's going to be difficult for both teams because now both teams really lose a lot. And so who do both teams have guys who step up to the plate? You know, there's uh, guys like Marcus Perez, JJ Acosta at uh, Holy Cross that it could be intriguing prospects, you know, Daniel Alonzo. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Geneva kind of do this year because I could see them kind of step up to the plate and have a good time this year. So. I agree. Um, I think it's going to definitely go one and two. I think with with the John Pauls, I think one John Paul is going to beat the other, and that's the only win in district combined those two are going to get. I think one will go 0 and 3, and one will go one and two, um, like last year. It's not me trying to dog them. It's just they're not, they're not nearly, they're not, they're not nearly as good as Holy Cross and Geneva. And if one of them do, end up knocking off Holy Cross for Geneva. Um, I hope I get chirped all day on Instagram, Twitter, or X, uh, Reddit, every every social media platform you can think of. But as for August the 3rd, 2023, I think Holy Cross and Geneva um, are the only players in this district. But that being said, that is Division Three, District 3. Now we move into the final district in Division Three, District 4, the Houston area. So, in terms of the TXPS power rankings for Division Three, District 4, it goes as such. At number one, we have the Cypress Christian Warriors. At number two, we have Bay Area. At number three, we have Legacy Prep Magnolia. And at number four, we have Brentwood Christian Academy. So, Walker, uh, not a ton of surprise here. Cypress Christian hasn't lost this district. They haven't lost a district game, might I add, since um since 2019 so i think it's been a good four years since cypress christian has lost the district game um they run this district they always have bay area always 
has some competition there. And then Magnolia Legacy Prep and Brentwood are just, you know, it's kind of like the JP2s of District 3. They're just kind of there. But what are your thoughts on Cypress Christian's chances as well as the overall picture of District 4? Well, Cypress's chances got a whole lot better, not in just District, but not going to say winning it, but competing in it with uh, – this is a this is you know shout out to coach coach Hogan he's always had a couple guys here and there that transferred in, uh this is probably one of his biggest that he's ever gotten is John Kelly from Cypher coming over to Cypress Christian um that's huge uh I talked to some of the guys I know in Houston like recruiting like circuit and they're I was like all right I've seen this kid play but like remind me how how good is this kid and they're all like yeah he's he's a true power five running back. And uh, having him transfer into a Taft Division three school is huge. But, I mean, Cypress should be getting these type of dudes. There's so many guys from the Cypress area, and Cypher ISD uh, is so huge. So they should be getting guys like this all the time. But John Kelly coming over, uh, who has been offered by multiple Power 5 schools, is a huge, huge addition to the Cypress Christian squad, who lose Maxwell Landrum to graduation, who was their team on offense, he comes over and it really, really excites a lot of people in the South. Um, he, he, I would not be surprised if we see a 2000 yard season from John Kelly this year. Um, it's going to be huge. It's like, it's huge. When I saw that news, I went, holy cow, that's insane. He's a 10, seven, hundred meter type of player at six, one. I mean, he's a big back, but he's strong. He's shifty. Um, and he comes from a powerhouse like Cy Fair, who, they were he was kind of toting the back with another guy last year. And so being able to now kind of, you know, this is his team and kind of take over is going to be huge for him. And, you know, so they still got they got another transfer, Dominic Locandro from uh Cypher as well. Uh he comes over to play receiver, you know, four seven forty at five nine. Um, and they have another kid, uh, I forget his name. DJ Willis. Yes, I believe that's him. Yeah. So the he's another runner. Yeah, so he's another kid that came in and transferred in. So uh, have you seen that dude? That dude yeah. is huge. Yeah, he's a huge kid. And so having these guys on this team where you already have, you know, guys like Jacob Rauch and uh uh other guys, uh come on, give me names. Uh, you know, Jacob Rauch and Owen, Andrew Owen, I believe he's still there. Uh Zeke Cohen, of course, is still there. Um the all, all state offensive linemen. So they have guys in place, Brody Creek, Johnson, the kicker, but you know, uh, he, uh, athlete for them as well. They have dudes all over this team to really make a run back to the state championship uh, pretty easily. If they, they play their cards, right. And um, you got to give credit to coach coach Hogan, man. He's recruiting the area well in Cyprus, which is a talent filled uh, area, which you've seen the likes of Connor Wegman, Harold Perkins, uh, Vernon Broughton, I can't believe that's my third name I thought of, but you know, guys like that, where uh, there are so many dudes over the years that have come from the Cypress area, where if you're a, you know, a power five school in the state, you have to talent, you know, target this area of talent. Coach Hogan should be doing the same thing in this area. And I'm glad he's finally doing it because um, this helps their chances tremendously this year. So uh, with John Kelly really there, that's, that's huge, man. That's really, really huge. And as we both know, uh, Coach Hogan team is not good without their star running back there every single year. And he looks like to be the guy for them for the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree. I have to assume that Hogan saw, you know, the, the arms that DC have been accumulating just every year since I can remember. And just kind of, he goes to his people and he's like, listen, I have to be able to like have full resources to make this happen. Or we're going to get blown out of the water year after year at state. And they the the talent pool he's recruiting from, like you mentioned, in the Cypress area is just as good and probably better than even Mesquite. I mean, there's no excuse if he has the resources that he can go out and get guys yeah. to Cypress Christian. So I think um I think we're witnessing the beginning of an incredible arms race and and not even cold war, legit war between Cypress and DC that could stretch into the foreseeable future. I'm excited. Because it's not just Cyprus. If you just go a little bit south, you run into the Katy area. Mm-hmm. Or if you go a little bit north, you can run into like the Tomball area a little bit. Like Cyprus is in a great location in Houston where it's not right in inner Houston, but he's on the edge to where they can hit the outskirts edge where 
there's, you know, a good amount of money on the outside. So there's people that probably can pay for private school and also a lot of talent on the outside too. So he, if Hogan is smart about it and plays his cards right, this could be a kind of a start of a dynasty on one side of the bracket for Cypress Christian. Oh, that makes that makes all the private school and especially D three a lot better if there's oh, yeah. kind of a if there's a counterweight to DC. Um, I I didn't and, even really think about it that much. No, we sat down to talk about it, but I think like I, I don't know. I think DC as of now is better, and yes. especially because they're they're much deeper. I mean, I think while the top end talent of Cypress Christian is as good as DC's top end talent, I think DC has like seven or eight more guys in those spots and Cypress does. No, but yes. They're DC still the top dogs, but Cypress competing. And we saw that that game was really, really close in the state championship. You know, DC, you know, went out and won, but you coach Hogan knows how to coach. And he, he schemed really, really well for against DC last year. And if you get some guys that are power five guys like John Kelly over there, they can compete much better than they have in the years past. Man, I cannot wait to watch John Kelly run the run the football. I can't imagine what that dude's about to do to Legacy Prep, Fabnolia, Brentwood, and Bay Area. No disrespect to any of those guys. All good teams in their own right, especially Legacy Prep, Magnolia, bringing um bringing Prezak back, Walker, who the the uh, the um former Cypress Christian athlete, young yeah. brother of Tyler Prezak, who we were very high on him when he played. I am assuming he's still at Kilgore College, unless um believe so. Otherwise. But believe um, so. but yeah. Kyle Prezak, Walker, back at Legacy Prep Magnolia. That takes them from fourth, a uh, fourth place finish to a projected third place finish in our rankings. Um, what are your thoughts on on Legacy Prep Magnolia? Yeah, back up to that third spot. Um, they, I mean, they've always had a couple of guys over there. Um, that helped him compete with the Prezak, his older brother, now him, and he was a good receiver for Cypress last year. And also, they will have Wyatt Francis at the quarterback position. And it looks like they have a younger brother, Blake Prezak. So there's a third of them over there for the Prezak family, and they, you know, they will compete really well in that district. So I'm excited to see how they do. Um, uh, and also, I'll give one last bit of love to this district is Austin Brentwood, who, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they do this year, but I am excited because uh, their their top player, I forget his name, but transferred to Central Texas Christian this year. Um, Cat, Cat dragged in. I almost got him. Yeah. Uh, but Brentwood has a quarterback who we're kind of excited about, 2026 quarterback, Braden Jennings, who I've heard good things about, and he, his film looks pretty good. So they look like they might have a pretty good quarterback down there in Austin. So uh, he's definitely one to watch in that district. I think so. Um, I think District 4 is more or less the same as District 2. I think Cypress is going to run away with it, and then it'll be a battle for second between probably Bay Area and either Legacy Prep Magnolia or Brentwood, whoever decides to come up out of that 3 and 4 spot. But it'll be interesting for certain. But that being said, that actually concludes our Division 3 preview, so we will move right into Division 4, starting with Division 4, District 1. This episode is sponsored by High Point Signs and Apparel. High Point Signs and Apparel create and customize products that turn heads and give And the TXPS preseason rankings for Division Four District One go as follows: At number one, who else? Lubbock Christian School. At number two, we have Dallas First Baptist. At number three, we have Munster Sacred Heart. At number four, we have Fort Worth Temple Christian. At number five, we have Bishop Tyler T.K. Gorman. At number six, we have Mercy Culture Prep. And at number seven, we have Bishop Waco Riker. So that is our thoughts on District One. Um, in terms of, in terms of the top three, it's, it's, it's stacked Walker between Lovett Christian, First Baptist and Munster Sacred Heart. Um, Lovett Christian and First Baptist are two of my favorites 
to win state in D4. First Baptist is probably is my is my sleeper pick kind of. It's hard to call them a sleeper pick when they have like five D1 guys on their roster. But we have the rankings set out. What are your initial thoughts on how we set this out? Uh, I really like how it's laid out, man. I think this is the right way to do it. The battle for first place is going to be a very interesting one, which we had to put Lubbock Christian there because they are the reigning state champions. But I think First Baptist, with all the talent they have, is going to give them run for their money. And um, <clears throat> depending on where that's played, Wes, you might be you might find your way over to First Baptist Lubbock Christian. You know, I think so. Um, but you can never count out Ryan Swarzynski and Munster. They have a really good squad. They lose a pretty good senior class led by Eli Hess, I believe. So they have a couple guys that they had to graduate. But when Swarzynski is still there, you you can never count uh, Munster Sacred Heart out. And it looks like that again this year. Um, who's a He's a tremendous athlete um, over there. But, I mean... First Baptist probably will have the most explosive offense in the, in the state, especially in D4. Uh, but Lubbock Christian is just such a well-balanced team. And overall, and, you know, they got guys like, of course, their quarterback, Welker Horn, who kind of stood out to me at their uh, the QB retreat, who threw the ball really, really well. They have Luke Lee, Josh Rogers, uh, running back Brady Simmons, and uh, Matt Pascuzzi, um, guys like that. Uh, so they have a couple guys that, you know, could be something – um this year so it's going to be interesting to see how they do and how do they you know compete but um you know cooper carthel is a guy that i'm really excited about 2026 uh wide receiver db for them he's 6-2 uh and play and was at our qb retreat making really good plays and i also he really stood out to me at texas teps uh the seven on seven tournament and college station that i watched so Guys like that are going to be guys you need to watch out for for this Lubbock Christian team. Um, they look good, man. They look really good, and I'm excited for them this year. I think so. Even with the loss of literally who is their entire team pretty much back to Townsend, I think you know the culture that Softly is building there as well as the athletes you mentioned, um, they're going to be just fine. And you see that in the form of a state seven-on-seven berth in College Station. So I, I don't think Lubbock Christian and they is going compete, anywhere. And they competed well in that Texas seven-on-seven. They beat West Orange Stark, who's one of the premier programs in the state. Like, uh, I'll stop cool. now, but that's, that's a – Lubbock Christian has a, as a passing attack that you need to watch out for. And Welker Horn, I didn't know, but he kind of is a, he, he's the younger brother of Tucker Horn, who I believe played at Trinity or is playing mm. at Trinity. So like they have guys, man, they have really good players and I'm excited for this. They absolutely do. I think they're going to have teams like first Baptist on their heels. I mean, first Baptist with receivers, um, Dominic Sadu Robinson, Elijah case and Caleb Mitchell, um, quarterback Hunter McCoy, defensive lineman Abuchi Godwin, um, offensive slash defensive lineman. I think it's Corey Thomas. That's correct, right? That sounds right. Corey, Corey Thomas. Yes, yes. That sounds right to me. But, I mean, just so, so many weapons. Mark Raysom at running back. I mean, if they can get it all put together, I think Lubbock Christian right now is a better cohesive unit in terms of a team. I think we've seen that. First Baptist clearly has better front-end athletes, but I haven't seen them gel together as a team quite yet. I think they I think they will, and I think the addition of a guy like Connor McCoy, who is one of my favorite players in the state, I think as good of an athlete as he is, he's an even better locker room guy, and that's somebody that you want taking snaps and playing quarterback for them. So that all to say, I think... I think McCoy is going to do a lot for them in terms of like bringing a cohesiveness to the team. And I think first Baptist is going to be on Lubbock Christian's heels. I mean, I, I am really, really excited to see what they can do because the talent's there. It's just, will they gel as a team? And I think they will. Other than that, uh, the district's interesting. The last thing I want to bring up or the second to last thing. The first thing is Mercy Culture Prep is going to be interesting. We moved them up from sixth from dead last because solely because of John Raybook um, coming to running back. The former Grapevine Faith standout now is in Division Four. I think has a chance to just run all over D4. So that's going to be interesting to see if Mercy Culture can utilize him in a way that allows them to win, I mean, at least one district game. That'll be an improvement from last year. And then Bishop Gorman. So the curious case of Bishop T.K. Gorman, the school that I am all too familiar with as I grew up down the road from them and played them every year since I was in the sixth grade. But um, 
I'm not going to go into a ton of history. Long story short, there was a problematic bishop associated with Bishop Gorman that was more or less um, kind of dismantling the school. That bishop's now gone. Um, there was a lot of people leaving because of those actions. And now from what I've heard, Gorman is getting more athletes back in. And so we could be seeing a sort of resurgence for, from Tyler TK Gorman. Um, I, I really do. I hope they do. Um, if you would have asked me this question five years ago, I would have told you, I hope Gorman um, burns to the ground, but I'm older. I'm wiser. I'm more mature. I want to see all the Tyler schools succeed. And I really do hope this is a start of a resurgence from Gorman. I, I hope I, I hope they finish top four this year. Um, and I think they'll have a chance to, we have them slotted at fifth. Right now in our preseason rankings, I hope they can go as high as, as fourth. But I think one, two, and three with Lubbock, First Baptist, and Munster are pretty well set in stone. Walker, I just basically had a monologue of my own. Is there anything else that you want to hit on before we get out of District 1? Yeah, of course. I want to talk about my Fort Worth school, Temple Christian, who they were they, – they were it was an interesting year for them last year, remember? They competed pretty well, and they're like – they caused some damage into that district where you're like, all right, what are they what are they going to do? And, you know, and they ended up being third last year with 5-2 and two record. And, you know, they have a couple guys returning back. You know, Luke Sinceros, who was our defensive lineman of the year last year, returns uh, for his senior year, and that's going to be a big one for them. Uh, Maddox Caffey will be back, who was a really, really good underclassman player for them coming back for his junior year. Ryan Elias is going to be a going to be a sophomore who was a really, really good freshman last year. I believe he was an all district player and guys like that. There's there's a MJ Moses and, you know, guys like that. Uh, there's dudes over there that can cause some havoc uh, in this district again. And I'm excited for them. We have them at their fourth spot, but. You know, watch out for that Temple Christian team to kind of maybe cause some chaos in that district. So, and then last last team, Riker. It's going to be interesting to see how they do because I don't know if they have much talent since the days of, oh, man, Wes, who was that kid? Uh, the, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name. Well, the, they had two guys. One is now a walk-on at TCU. Another one went to play at Idaho, University of Idaho. When, and since they have That's that team. That's why we started. That was in yeah. 2020. Yeah, so those two guys were the kind of the leaders of that team and brought them to a state championship or to a state championship, but didn't win it. And then they graduated in the team since then, lost their head coach, and they've kind of tried to figure out what that team is looking like for the future. So um, hopefully Riker gets back on their feet and kind of has a steady digress because they are the only private school in that entire Waco area besides six-man uh, Waco Life Oak or whatever. So um, they should be a pretty good squad and have some talent here and there, like the kid from Loeco La Vega a couple years ago. So hopefully they can come together and maybe compete. And, and you see there's a guy there that stands out that we don't know about just yet. Hopefully so, as long as they don't beat Tyler uh, TK Gorman. I'm okay with that. But that is all for D4 District 1. We now move into the second of three districts in District 2. And our rankings for that go as follows. At number one, a little surprise for some people. We have Hollitsville Sacred Heart followed by Shiner St. Paul. The first time that we have ever not picked them first in their district. At number three, we have Central Texas Christian. At number four, we have New Braunfels Christian Academy. So, Walker, we went back and forth a little bit regarding who should be number one in this district. You know, St. Paul winning four straight state titles. Guys like Zach Johnson and Noah Bodeker never lost never lost um they won state all four years of high school they made it to the state's uh state final um last year and now we're not even picking them to win their district um you know speak to speak to some of the rationale behind that oh i mean shiner is you know the historic program that has always been led by jake waxmith well now it's not and that's the huge thing, you know, his son leaves and graduates and he probably wanted to take a step away and, you know, maybe take a time for football because he, I mean, he, he's done everything you can at this level, man, you know, whatever, like five, six state championships under his belt and uh, four straight at one time. And so he goes and just is staying as the AD and now Mike Jackson, who started his career at China St. Paul comes back and is now coaching as China St. Paul. Um, and that's going to be huge for them, but you know, they, they lose a couple guys, but they re they return Zane Barda, Nate Bodeker, Sam Perez, but you know, losing a talented senior class and that the staple in that area of Jake Waxmith, you know, taking a step back. 
I think has to move him down at least a peg. Well, Hallettsville Sacred Heart returns a lot, including uh, D1 offered Nate, Nate, uh, Nick Angerstein, Cole Duty, and Brady Haas. And so guys like that, I think it just makes sense. It's going to be interesting to see how Shiner does with a new head coach, but a guy who's familiar with the area, but still a new head coach. And um, But Hallettsville, I mean, they, they look good, and they have a lot of uh, – uh, talent and Nick Angerson is a kicker that's going to go play division one football, but he's also a tremendous athlete for that school. And so having those three guys, uh, it's going to be huge for Hallettsville. So. I agree. I think like so many other districts, this is a two horse race. Um, I think, you know, central Texas Christian was what looked very good for about half the season last year and then yeah. they just couldn't really get it done in district new Braunfels wasn't really anything to write home about we're both very high on parker joseph we think he's a great prospect but there's just there's not a ton else there especially when you're competing with as much talent that's brought back by hallsville and the culture which we talk about so much of shiner st paul i think it's a two-horse race and i think i think hallsville's a team you know people don't talk about them a whole lot but i think they're a team that brings back enough talent that you could see, you could look up and see them in the state game and have a good chance to win it. I think I really like what you said, Brady Haas, Nicholas Angerstein. I think they've got a ton of guys. And I think um, behind them and Cole Duty, I think they have a shot. This, if there's ever a year for them to make a run at the state championship, I think this is one for sure. So I think it's going to be interesting. Any closing thoughts on Division Four, District Two? Yeah, uh, Central Texas Christian, they lose Ethan Allocamp. They lose Reagan Ragsdale, who was their team last year. Um, and I believe they have a transfer from uh, Austin Brentwood. I forget his name. And it's I don't. there's not a guy on their huddle that I remember the name. But he's he, he transferred over, who was like their star player, transferred to there, um, I believe. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do. But you can also watch New Braunfels kind of shake up some things with one of my favorites in the 2024 class, Parker Joseph, who's a tremendous athlete and great dude. Uh, and I'm excited for him to go uh, maybe shock some guys in that district too. So uh, hope for him and the best for New Braunfels Christian. But uh, that's kind of my synopsis of TAPS uh, Division 4 District 2. Absolutely. It will certainly be interesting, but – we will now move into the final district we will cover today. That is TAPS Division 4, District 3, and the rankings go as follows. At number one, we have the Brazos Christian Eagles. At number two, we have Northland Christian. At number three, we have Rose Hill Christian. And at number four, we have Lutheran North. So, Walker, Northland finished on top of this district last year due to an incredible performance from Stone Walker to beat Brazos Christian, which we were both at. Um, this year, we have Brazos Christian winning the district. Northland loses Stone Walker and also their prolific running back that really shouldered a large, large load for them. Uh, Brazos Christian obviously loses guys like Ryan Burton and other talented athletes, but they do bring a lot back in the form of Jackson Caffey, Brody Gardner, um, Chance Locker, you know, there's a there's a ton of guys that are going to be good. They're going to compete for them. Um, I think with as many guys as they bring back, they're a clear number one here. Is that what you agree with? Yeah, for sure. And there's supposedly like I we keep hearing about all these young guys that are really excited to. And, um, you know, guys like that are going to be really uh, important to see how they do this year. But, um, you know, guys who have also done it for the past couple of years is also really, really impressive. But, you know, uh, Northland Christian still has a lot of talent, you know, uh, Travis, Travis Gilliand, Rome Stanford, Micah Hall, um, guys like that are going to be interesting to watch this year. Yeah. And also 2025 athlete, Devin Scott, uh, he's another guy to watch out for in that Houston Northland squad, but they have a couple guys and it's going to be interesting to see how they do this year, man. They, they have always have talent. The coaching over there is good. So, uh, Northland could be something, uh, special, but um, I, I think we have to take Brazos Christian with some of the talent, and probably in the south, the the best player is definitely going to be Brody Garner in that in that division in the south of Division Four. So um, I don't know. Coach Wash keeps telling us there's a guy that they're getting that's going to yes. line up opposite of Brody that's going to be an absolute dog as well, which I want I want to see. Yeah, for sure, and we've heard. Yeah, so they have. We have to be watch out for Brazos Christian. Probably go make a practice or something. I have to. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for Brazos Christian. They have the talent. They have the coaching. They have the 
you know, all of that. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think they take the edge over Northland, but I don't think Northland doesn't uh, come and scrap and fight for trying to get that first place spot again. So, yeah, but that being said, I mean, both Rose Hill and Lutheran North, not bad teams in the slightest, but I just, I don't, I, I don't think they're going to get it done against, um, I mean, neither Rose Hill and Lutheran North, neither beat Brazos Christian or um or Northland last year. I mean, I think Northland's interesting. I mean, Stone Walker was basically more or less their whole team. He's gone. You still have great athletes like Rome Stanford, but I, I could see a situation where Rose Hill maybe finishes second. They're not beating Brazos Christian. Um, Lutheran North, I don't think is beating anyone in this district, respectfully. Um, I, I don't, I'm not trying to dog on them, but again, I'm going to call it how I see it. I think this is Brazos Christian's district to lose. And I think, I mean, it'll, it'll come through in our overall power rankings, but I think Brazos Christian is one of our favorites for the state championship game. I think there are, there are four definite state contenders in D4 in the form of Lubbock Christian, First Baptist, Hallsville Sacred Heart, Brazos Christian. No specific order, but those are my thoughts there. But yeah, that'll more or less close out my thoughts on D4 District 3 and honestly our D3 and D4 power rankings overall. Walker, before we get into the overall power rankings, do you have anything you want to leave us with for District 3? Oh, no, that's it, man. I think that's that's a good way to end up. All righty. So before we get out of this episode and before we move out of our second to last ranking, first of all, Walker, shout out to us. We're actually going to get through all of our previews this year. We're not only going to do two and and flame out. See, as we as we get older and wiser, we become more efficient with our work as well. We're actually going to we're actually going to produce the content that we promised. So we're going to unveil our power rankings for all of D3 and D4. Yet again, we We've gone in depth on all the districts. We're not going to go through each team and say, this is why they're here. This is why they're here. We just kind of run through it, give maybe a brief comment, and then move on. But all that to say, here are power rankings for Division Three and Division Four combined. Coming in at number one, Dallas Christian out of Mesquite. At number two, we have the Cypress Christian Warriors. At number three, we have Trinity Christian of Lubbock. At number four, we have Lubbock Christian, the the first D4 team to make the list. Followed by First Baptist at number five, the second Division Four team. At number six, we have Grace Prep out of Arlington. At number seven, we have San Antonio Holy Cross. Number eight, we have Bay Area Christian, the Mustangs. At number nine, we have the Eagles of Brazos Christian. And rounding out our list at number 10, who I think is our final state contender in D4, Hollitsville Sacred Heart. So, Walker, that, that's pretty cut and dry. Um, Lubbock Christian coming in at number four as a D4 team, I think is very impressive for them. And I think my takeaway from this is our two major things is that DC and Cypress are head and shoulders, I think, about everyone here as of now, maybe with the exception of Trinity Christian Lubbock. And then I think the amount of – there are – one, two, three. There are four D four teams. Um, that's almost almost half of this list is D four teams, which I think speaks to speaks to the talent in that division. What do you want to leave us here with regarding the power rankings? No, nah, I I always like kind of doing D three and D four together because of course they kind of play each other and they you know they compete against each other and uh I think it's the best way to do it and yeah I'm really excited to see how Cyprus comes into form going into the state championship because. I mean, they are poised to meet DC in that state title game in Waco. And um, if they're firing on all cylinders, you could see DC maybe have to compete a little bit harder than they expected. So I'm excited for that. And uh, seeing how this D4 matchup switch out, how does First Baptist play against Lubbock Christian, you know, in district? And that, hey, that first game against First Baptist versus Brides Christian is going to set the tone to see how does the South in D4 compare against the North and kind of compete against each other because that's going to be fun to watch. Because Shiner, you know, for four straight years, they ran D4 and they came from the South. And then Lubbock Christian finally hit him in the mouth last year and said, hey, North got some dogs too. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they do. And that's going to be a kind of a set the tone game for the tops division four. Absolutely. Um, I'm incredibly excited again. I will, I will preach it to anyone that'll listen until the day I die. There is talent at every level in Texas private schools and just D three and D four, all the guys that we rattled off all the division one power five caliber guys in the two lowest divisions and taps. It speaks for itself. And we are here to uncover and showcase that talent at every Avenue. Speaking of all the divisions of taps, Walker, you wanted to mention a homeschool team. Yes. That you found. 
No, so uh, the Dallas HSAA, uh, I'm going to say Homeschool Association of America or Athletics. Athletics was probably the best. I don't know. That's not the point. I'm not going to talk about the team. I'm talking about three players who were – it's a family. You ready for this? There's their twin – they're twins, and they're 6'5 apiece at Deshaun Davis and Jalen Davis. Both of them are – 6'5 twin brothers who are edge rushers. And then there's a third who's a 2026 safety who's going to be probably one of the best safeties in the entire class. uh, In Jordan, I'm not even kidding, Jordan Davis. And he just got offered by OU and he's a freshman or he just finished his freshman year. And they have, he just got offered by Baylor, you know, stuff like this, Lamar. And he's a, he's a freshman. And I, 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 I've watched the film. All three are very impressive. And I just, I just, I just wanted to shout these guys out because Deshaun's been offered by, you know, Air Force, Army, Brown, Furman, Rice, or PWO to Rice. But like, you know, guys like that, like they don't come often in, pri- in the private school ranks, especially the homeschool ranks. And these guys, these guys deserve to be talked about. And I'm just, I'm just excited for these guys to succeed. And, um, you know, I, I, it's always interesting. And if these guys see this, I would love to let you like, tell me like, how do you kind of decide to do, you know, the homeschool route and how is that working out for y'all and your recruitment? Because it looks like it re- does really well. And I think they, Wes, I don't know if you remember, but I think like one of those games we went and saw them in the, in the morning at Brazos Christian that they, the homeschool team played right afterwards. And we, we probably yeah, saw yeah. them. And we just didn't really think anything of it, but like these guys were really talented and I just wanted to give these guys some love. Uh, they deserve it. And uh, I wish the best in y'all's recruitments, especially those guys who are seniors. And uh, yeah, uh, shout out to them. And I would love to do six man guys. And for all your six man fans out there, we just don't know anything about it. I know coming to classical looks really, really good this year uh, as always. And so if there's any six man fans out there that would love to help us out on the episode, let us know, but yeah, absolutely. That being said, we're also in the process. We are still to follow up on the message we sent out last episode. We're still looking for interns. <laughs> we're contacting schools regarding that. And if you have a passion like me, Walker and Ryan do for sports journalism or for just promoting coverage, you don't even have to be specifically interested in sports journalism. Yep. I wasn't. I just I, I like private school sports so much that I just made a podcast about East Texas private school sports and it ended up here. But that being said, uh, if you are interested and you're passionate about us, we could absolutely use your help. We're trying to gather students or just anyone that's interested across the entire state to help us produce higher quality content, whether that's covering games that you're close to, whether that's writing articles, whether that's helping us write stories or making graphics. We can absolutely find a place for you, and we we really, really would like your help. So yet again, we had some interests um because of what we said last episode thank you for everyone that reached out to us we'll be getting back to you shortly if we haven't by the time you've seen this but yet again if you are interested in working in an intern capacity for us helping us out more importantly getting some experience um getting some work experience before you go off to college or wherever you want to go um it's a great opportunity for that yet again the best way to get at us regarding that you should be able to find our socials our instagram our twitter um on the screen it's just at txps podcast and then also our email is txps podcast at gmail.com contact us via any of those mediums we will absolutely be in contact with you to see how you can help out but walker that being said um yeah that is our d3 and d4 preview um we will have one more preview with our sbc preview with the help with the very very gracious help of jack Closek and alex lesuade we're very thankful for those guys you all get to see them on episode next preview but walker that's a lot of talking from the both of us um closing thoughts uh no i i'm I'm, uh, while talking about this i'm more and more excited about these like these levels and they have some good matchups that i'm really excited to see and uh yeah i guess that's really it man i'm really really excited about the season uh we're already starting to make our schedules and i'm trying to hit all the levels so i'm excited for that and try to make a couple games for the division four level so uh yeah excited i guess that's really it I think excited is the best best word to leave this episode on. We are so, so close to the season starting. Guys, I'll tell you this. Even after 
even after you leave high school football and you hang the pads up and you're done forever, um, the feeling of Friday night doesn't leave. Anytime you're around it, there's still just there's something special in the air. And going back to cover every Friday, I feel it. And it's it's what keeps me coming back for more. Um, there's nothing more than we love. There's nothing that we love more than covering the sport, getting y'all attention. Um, it's 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 a beautiful thing. And we love doing it. So. All of that being said, as always, I've been half of your hosting crew, Wes Tallis, and Walker Lott has fantastically been himself. We will see you next week with Alex Suede and Jack Klosek for the SPC preview. See you later. Three, two, one. Here we go.